Hey everyone, this is Jackknife. Welcome to another episode of the Cutting Edge 2023 Weekly Jets Recap. And I cannot sleep right now because I'm still on cloud nine after that thrilling week six victory for the New York Jets. MetLife Stadium, it was the battle of the green teams that are named after something that flies. The Jets and the Eagles. And the Jets triumphed. 20 to 14, getting their first win in franchise history against the Birds. This is their 13th attempt. They are now 1 and 12 against the Eagles. And a little bit of a fun civil war. My co- fellow co host, Zach Daniels, big Eagles guy. Right now, I have the bragging rights over him. For now, we'll play. He has a chance to get him back in another three years when these teams will most likely meet again in the regular season but this game was a, just a defensive battle and get a load of this stat this is the seventh win since 2021 so under robert sala that they've won after trailing by 10 plus points and as robert sala played or as, excuse me as robert sala said after the game the jets played a gauntlet of quarterbacks to start the season and quote and we've embarrassed all of them, unquote. I don't know. I go as far to say embarrassed all of them. I mean, Dak Prescott did have a good game, but still, Patrick Mahomes threw multiple interceptions against the Jets. Josh Allen threw multiple interceptions against the Jets. And now Jalen Hurts threw multiple interceptions against the Jets. The, the Eagles didn't even get an opportunity to do a tush push or brotherly shove this game, whichever you want to call it. Jets' defense was absolutely dominant, which we'll get into in a little bit. And just like that, there are no undefeated teams left in the 2023 NFL season. The 1972 Dolphins remaining players that are alive did their toast, much to the dismay of my dad, even though I'm sure he'd much rather have this win. But let's look at this game. I talked about the defense. It didn't look good heading into the game. DJ Reed out for the second week in a row with a concussion. And then we find out yesterday that Sauce Gardner was not going to play after being diagnosed with a concussion of his own. So the Jets were down their top two corners. And if you were to tell me this was going to be what they would do today in spite of that, I'd say, what were you smoking? Three interceptions and a fumble. So that's four or turnovers. Two sacks held to the Eagles to 14 points, a very questionable 14 because I still have not seen a definitive angle for the Eagles' first touchdown on fourth and goal in the fourth quarter. Yeah, very sketchy ref ball there. But regardless, the Jets then didn't allow a sing- the Eagles a single point in the second half. And it's so hard to pick out who was the best player on defense today because Everyone stepped up. Three different players intercepted the ball. Bryce Hall, Quentin Williams, and Tony Adams. Tony Adams with a 45-yard return with less than two minutes left to set the offense up at the Eagles' eight. Not to mention the assist to some of these turnovers. Jermaine Johnson punched the ball into the air for Quentin Williams to intercept. Johnson again with the initial hit on Jalen Hurts to pop the ball up in the air for Bryce Hall to intercept. 
not an interception, but CJ Mosley dripping the ball from DeAndre Swift for Quincy Williams to recover. Quincy led the Jets in tackles this game with 12. Bryce Huff credited with 12, with a sack and a half this game. And, and let's look at some of his advanced stat, stats. I'm bringing this up right now. Look at these next-gen stats. I'm reading this tweet verbatim. Bryce Huff generated a career high, nine pressures on 28 pass rushes in the Jets' 20-14 victory over the Eagles. Huff has generated 25.7% pressure rate over the last two seasons, the only player over 22%, with a minimum 250 pass rushes. That's incredible. So yeah, obviously the defense was the best fa- best faction or best phase of this game for the New York Jets. They were absolutely incredible. The Eagles, even if they were driving, the, the Jets were able to bend but not break and force some turnovers and forced the Eagles into a long field goal, which they did miss. You ne- you almost never see Jake Elliott miss. But still, you got to give credit credit's due to the New York Jets defense. They came out ready to play in spite of being depleted at corner position. Now, let's go into the offense. Now, the offense didn't really take advantage of some key Eagles defenders being out, those being Jalen Carter and Darius Slay. Still, Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox gave this Jets offensive line that just lost Elijah Vera Tucker for the year a lot of problems. Reddick was credited with two and a half sacks on Wilson. So the, so the Jets had their hands full with this, this defense. It was an overall defensive battle. But here's what they did. I think we learned that Garrett Wilson is just as much of a catalyst as Brees Hall. Eight receptions... 90 yards, including a spectacular 33-yard catch. Now, now we're seeing Zach Wilson have the confidence to throw bombs deep for Garrett to jump up and grab. It's not a coincidence that one of the Jets' later drives of the half stalled because Wilson was off getting treated for an in- injury. He went off a couple times this game. I think something with his ankle or whatever was bothering him. But speaking of Brees Hall... He had the game-winning touchdown after the Adams interception. Looks like the Eagles just let him walk in and score, which that did turn out to backfire because the Eagles had four plays and weren't able to convert the next drive. What was it? Oh, yeah. Hall, 39 yards on 12 carries, but 54 yards on five receptions, 93 all-purpose yards. It didn't feel like the Jets really utilized Brees much this game. Maybe they thought the Eagles were expecting it. But overall, even though he wasn't exactly being utilized the way he probably should be, you still felt his impact. Now, the Jets did have trouble driving out of the game. It seems like they were it seemed like they were about to get a prime red zone opportunity in the third. But then there was the penalty on Alan Lazard for, quote, blindsiding, unquote, Reed Blankenship. I don't know how you can blindside someone when you hit them in the chest. Not Lazard's fault. Blankenship wasn't looking in front of him. So obviously, I thought it was an awful call. I didn't want to whine about officiating, especially after you know what happened in, in the first quarter with that touchdown that we, st- again, still haven't seen definitive evidence of. I didn't want to be that guy because it just sounds like I'm making excuses. But then I saw Jack McGuire of Barstool say it was a bad bad call on Twitter. So yeah, now I feel vindicated enough to say that it's bullshit. 
I had a debate about this in the Funds group chat with Zach Daniels. He brought up Dallas Goddard being targeted with this call in a different game. Might have been this year, last year, I don't know, where Goddard just stopped moving and the cornerback ran into him. He said it's a stupid penalty, but call, but it's called consistently. But even then, he said it right there. It's a bogus penalty. It shouldn't exist. Also, Team Blandino is a plant just to defend awful officiating, especially if it's against New York teams. There, I said it. Now, let's look at Zach Wilson and Jalen Hurts side by side. Zach Wilson, 19 for 33 on passing attempts, 186 yards, averaging 5.6 yards a pass, sacked five times, and with a rating of 73.5. Compare that to Jalen Hurts. 28 for 45, 280 yards, averaging 6.2 yards a throw, a touchdown, three interceptions, sacked twice, and a 59.5 rating. And looking at rushing the ball, Zach Wilson rushed the ball, carried the ball four times, ran for 15, and Jalen Hurts was the Eagles' top rusher, Eight carries for 47 yards. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts, even with you factor in like some of the interceptions, you know, it look, looks like, he, yeah, he did outplay Zach Wilson. But after the win last week, I said Zach didn't need to outplay Hurts. He just needed to stay in range. And looking at those stats, I'd say he did. Zach Wilson didn't do anything spectacular, but he did what he needed to do. While Hertz did throw for a touchdown and had the more passing yards, Zach one-upped him in this one category. He had a lot thrown at him with his Eagles defense, even a dropped a even a dropped pass or two from some of his receivers, but he didn't break. He didn't turn the ball over. That's where he one-upped Jalen Hurts. We're seeing him be smarter with the ball. We're seeing him react quicker. Just look at some of the play action calls with Brees Hall where he realized none of his first reads were open and then he hits Brees Hall right in front of him to carry it for to catch it and go for a big game we're seeing him have confidence to throw the ball up to guys like Wilson or Tyler Conklin for them to either jump up or reach out and get it so overall not amazing but he didn't need to be when you're developing a quarterback you take these little strides of progress with each week and yeah, having Aaron Rodgers back on the sideline, that I think definitely does help. I don't think it's a coincidence that his confidence has gone up since Rodgers came back. So obviously, you take the win. It's good that the Jets are 3-3 three and three given what they've been through. At the same time, you're just kicking yourself over and over again with the what-ifs. What if Zach Wilson played with this confidence against the Patriots? There should be no excuse as to why they shouldn't massacre the Pats in Foxborough the final week of the season. What if Wilson didn't fumble the ball in that late against in that game late against the Chiefs? What if the Jets didn't get screwed on some bullshit calls and non-calls that same game? You can dwell on that forever. You can but you can only make an impact on the games that are in front of you. Fact is, now the Jets are 500 at 3 and 3. I don't think many people, even myself, saw this happening when Rodgers got hurt. Or with Zach. I didn't think this would be a playoff team with Zach coming in. But you know what? Keep building. 
keep giving him these opportunities. He can, at the very least, be serviceable. Is that a lot of pressure on the defense? Sure, but as we've seen to today, they're up to the challenge. Robert Tell, they've embarrassed some of the best quarterbacks in the league. And they've had their f- way with some some of the best offenses in the league. No, you can't win a game scoring only field goals and hoping to get a turnover deep in opponent territory to score your first touchdown of the game with less than two minutes left. However, now you've got two weeks to work on that. Rest up, get healthy, watch film, practice, come out strong. Because the Jets are heading into the bye week. So obviously no recap next week. Week after that, though, week eight, it's going to be against the New York Giants. I'll be at that game with wifey. And if she's angry at me at the on the car ride home, I guess that means we're driving home with – I'm driving home with a victory at least. Short, not so long ago, the Giants held their own against the Buffalo Bills, but at the same time did everything they could to lose that game. So – don't sleep on the New York Giants. Take them seriously. You've beaten them, what, two, maybe three times in a row? I don't feel like looking that up. But I think the Jets should win this game. Now, I got to say this one thing, not completely related to what happened in this game. Aaron Rodgers arrived at the stadium. There was a video of him. On a golf cart, he gets up, no crutches. Before the game, he's out on the field. He's leaning on, putting pressure on that Achilles that was torn just over 30 days ago. And he's throwing the ball. I'm trying to talk myself down like Jack. I do, Jack, he's not going to come back this year. He isn't. It it takes like about a year for this type of injury to heal. But he told Pat McAfee, give me your expectations or and I'll beat him or whatever it was he said. So I'm cautiously optimistic about the Jets for multiple reasons. So let's enjoy this bye week and we'll get back at it against Big Blue. This is Jackknife. Have a wonderful night, everyone.